0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Lord Almighty, I feel my temperature rising. Mm, football fever is burning through to my soul. Yeah, Cats, 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 you're gonna set me on fire. Hmm, flaming, but I know just where to go, yeah, the season's kicking off, and the bill will be a-rockin', and Moscow's window talkin', purple love, purple love, Moscow's boy, oh, just a hunk, a hunk of hunk purple love, and just a hunk a hunk of purple love, purple love, the Hump, hump. Boys, and the are talking Boom. The boys are back. And this is the final week, full week of offseason talk. While we will have one more Blitz Month preview next week, we're going to be talking K State Simo. This man usually is towards the end of the Blitz Month series because, hey, he's one of the most plugged in guys, and I want him to take in as much information as he can for when he makes us smarter with his predictions. He is a guy who has completely turned me 180. I used to be team hashtag fall camp. I now agree with him because it is still too damn hot out. He is a great sports fan, he's a great beer drinker, and he's one of my favorite people that I've been able to connect with throughout all this podcast. And as I've mentioned, I think every time he came on, he was originally going to be my co-host when I came up with the name Bosco's Boys Podcast. He never wanted to do it, but now he's a guest. The man, the myth, the legend, k Dog, Kellis Robinette. Kellis, how are you doing, my friend? Uh,
1: I mean I was doing great until you reminded me of uh the great opportunity I missed out on uh all those years ago. Um who's kicking themselves now? It's me. Um but yes, I'm I'm glad you're on board with uh training camp, preseason camp, anything but fall camp. Anyone who went outside this week can't can't say it's fall. It's it's way too hot. Um and it's inaccurate. Fall, I mean, hey, I want fall to be here as much as anybody, but it, it ain't fall.
0: Well, you know, leaves are starting to fall on some of my trees at my house, but that's because I think they're dying. Like, it's it's so hot, they're withering up, falling off, so I, I'm right there with you. Um, something unrelated to anything we have on here, uh, you, you were able to do a lot of fun traveling. I, I follow you on Instagram. You, you saw some great sporting venues over in Spain. How was seeing games in La Liga well, I only saw the one, but it was
1: amazing. Um, FC Barcelona, I caught uh, their final game in Camp Nou Stadium before they shifted into the uh, their temporary home where they're playing now. Um, but, yeah, there were like 90,000 people there, uh, just electric. Just imagine like, um, you know, Sporting KC Stadium times five with uh, everybody acting like they do, um, you know, in the supporters section. Uh, It was interesting Uh, over, you know, you go to a game here, everybody's really focused on drinking beer, eating concessions, um, looking at the video board, all that stuff. None of that was really happening over there. It was very much let's cheer, let's watch the game, let's support our beloved soccer team. And um, they won 3-0 that game, so it was a butt kick in. And it was was pretty cool. I would uh, definitely recommend going if you're ever over in Europe.
0: So do you have a – European football slash soccer uh, stadium bucket list. Now that you check that one off, what are a couple that you want to see?
1: Well, you know, Barca was, for whatever reason, I can't really explain why, but I've always kind of admired them. So uh, they, they were probably the number one up there. But, I mean, obviously Real Madrid would be cool. Um, Manchester United, Tottenham, mm
0: Man, Man, the I first like thing to to- Tottenham has ever been mentioned with <laughs> Barcelona, Real Madrid, <laughs> Manchester—some of the great clubs in the history uh-huh. of European sport—and then you throw Tottenham in there. Well, it I mean, it does look least- like a cool stadium, though. But uh, you know that that was a little that was a little surprising to toss them in there with those likes.
1: Um, all right, fine. Uh, Everton, then. Um, uh, you know who else has a really cool stadium, though, the other way? Um, Fulham. They got, like, that tiny little cottage out there. Oh, yeah, that Crave,
0: be... Craven Cottage. And then... Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool.
1: And uh, I've always wanted to do something in Germany, so go go see, like, Dortmund play or something it would be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's a good one. And, and Craven Cottage gives off, like, Gallagher-Iba Arena vibes when they're doing their camera angle that's, like, straight down. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, that, that that would be a cool one right on the River Thames. Um, so th- that was that's good. That's a good list. That's a good list. You, you brought up Germany, and I gotta say something. There are some super big beer snobs from Germany who happened to come across a post from Manhattan Brewing Company who just launched their championship run blueberry. Hefefizen. There are some big time beer snobs who are coming after my beloved Manhattan Brewing Company, and I will have none of it. I got to sample the blueberry Hefefeizen championship run brewed with President Linton, K-State President Linton, and is delicious. And I don't care where the beer snobs are coming from. Germany, Colorado, anywhere in the world. I will fight them if they say anything bad about that beer. It is delicious. Beyond that beer, they just started tapping, they just started canning, and they're pouring it in their brewery, the pumpkin batch pumpkin beer made with whole pumpkin pies. Now, if you don't want to be drinking that while it's still 100 degrees, get a couple four packs, get a couple crowlers, put it in the fridge, and then enjoy when it cools off. And then remember, heck, we're what, eight days away? No, yeah, uh, no, nine days away, nine days away from recording. Eight days away from you guys listening, away from that first football game. And remember, the Towny Wheat is our official tailgating beer of the season. We're running it back just like last year. Towny Wheat. Get a couple four-packs. Get some crowlers. Get a couple pints. Enjoy Manhattan Brewing Company. And I want to give a shout-out to Bonehead Hazen. He informed his local liquor store that he wanted Manhattan Brewing Company in his liquor store and they're doing it. Folks, if if you're in the state of Kansas, if they're not carrying it, be polite, talk to whoever the buyer is for craft beer. Say, "Hey, I would like it. It's going to happen." So tell your local liquor store you want Manhattan Brewing Company. Kellis, the next time you're in Manhattan Brewing Company, are you going to try the blueberry Hefeweizen? Now, I'm more of a tasty IPA guy. Um, that's the tasty IPA is really good. So I don't blame you for liking that one. Uh, you know, I, I,
1: I try, I'd give it a shot like in the four ounce sampler flight thing. Um, I also really like their pumpkin thing. I'll definitely get some of that.
0: Yes. And then, uh, they have, uh, I don't know if it's still on tap, but the last time I was in, they had their lazy pirate, which was a new England IPA with a little bit of pineapple as well. So that was really good as well. If, if you're kind of into maybe like a tropical IPA type of thing. Um, absolutely love it, Uh, but let's get on to business. Uh, You and I are both super esteemed, highly thought of exemplary members of the media and we're Heisman voters, both of us esteemed and trusted Heisman voters. So who is on your preseason list of guys that you're going to be watching early on in the season before the Heisman race really takes place? I mean, you got to start with Caleb
1: Williams. He won the thing last year, so um, eyes are going to be on him. the 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 thing with him, though, is that there's never been a repeat winner. I don't know that we ever will have one. I think what, voters. Wasn't there just, one?
0: Uh, was it Was it Archie Griffin? Have I we think, had one? Just, I think it hasn't been in forever. Yeah, I mean, it was back in the '70s or '80s. It's All been right, there's forever. been no
1: modern. There's been no modern repeat winner, and you know, Tim Tebow couldn't do it. um, Johnny Manziel couldn't do it. I, I just think there's. Voters are fickle. Once they put somebody in, they want to vote for somebody else. So I look at him more more as a finalist than another winner, unless he's just, um, you know, ungodly this season. So uh, after him, I'm looking at like Michael Penix at Washington. I think they're going to be really good this season and he can put up some uh, some crazy numbers. I think um, Bo Nix at Oregon. Uh, I mean, kind of the same deal. Um, I'm intrigued. At least they're putting up the billboards, um, around the country for him. I don't know that that'll actually help his day and age, but Hey, it got my attention, get enough for me to mention him here. And, um, you know, then within the big 12, um, uh, I, I'm not looking at Quinn Ewers, even though he's got some, uh, some low odds to, to make it there. Um, but you know, why, why not two guys from Kansas? Why not Will Howard and Jalen Daniels? Um, I think we saw last year, it doesn't really take a whole lot to move up in the conversation. Adrian Martinez had one great game against Nebraska, and he was like in the top five of the Heisman odds for a week. Jalen Daniels had five really good games, and he was up there too. Um, And, hey, people want to – I mean, we saw what Will Howard did last season. If Kansas State gets on to a roll, why can't those guys enter the mix? So, um, it's a shame we're not talking about Cooper Beebe there. I think he's better than both those guys. But offensive linemen don't win Heisman, so – that's kind of where I'm looking. Drake May, too, at North Carolina. He could maybe put up some good numbers.
0: Yeah, Drake May is a good one. I'm going to say this right now. If if Cooper Beebe is truly just at an elite level, if we're talking about him uh, as a first-team All-American, consensus All-American, you know, it, it might be tough for me not to just throw him in there as my number three vote-getter because uh, you get one, two, and three. So. You know, hopefully I'm not kicked out for voting an offensive lineman with my vote number three. But if he has an elite year, I might just do it. Um, but I hear you right there, you know, as, as much as I don't like uh, you know, the glass boy in Lawrence, uh, Mr. Daniels, uh, you know, he, he caught America's uh, eye. And I think there's a lot of folks excited to see him playing. And I'm right there with you with Will. I think on three publish a list of top Uh, five Heisman dark horse candidates and Will Howard was on there. So it will be fun to watch the odds fluctuate up and down throughout the year. You do a great job kind of calling some of that out with the Kansas city star and Wichita Eagle. Uh, I I anticipate, and and you can tell me if I'm wrong. I think the first depth chart is going to come out on Monday. I think that's typically when the depth chart comes out. Uh, I don't think folks really care too much about it once the season gets started, but that very first one, folks really dial in on. So when that gets, you know, sent out in the email from Ryan Lackey, I believe they'll come with the game notes. Where is your eye going to go first when you see that first step chart?
1: Well, sadly there's not a ton of intrigue this year. We know who the quarterback's going to be. Um they've pretty much laid out who the starting secondary is going to be. The linebackers are back. So there's not any like huge thing I'm looking at, but I do want to see where the where the wide receivers are slotted. Um, I, I think we know Philip Brooks and Keegan Johnson are going to be up there, but you know, where's everybody else is RJ Garcia starter. Um, is Seth Porter one of the top six? Do they go Sterling Lockett? Does he make his name in there? Andre Davis, somebody else. You know, I really don't know where they're going to go with their, their backup, um, receivers. So that's something I'll be keeping an eye on. Um, I suppose quarterback, I guess there's some intrigue there. Who's going to be backup, even though I think it'll be Jake Rubley. And then uh, Avery Johnson at number three, um, but otherwise that's pretty much what I'm looking at. Um, maybe I'll be interested to see who they put as their starting corners because there's been, you know, it, it looks looks like it'll be Jacob Parrish, Willie, and Keenan Garber in some combination. Who are the two that get it? That's something I'll be looking at.
0: Something I wasn't really thinking about until Chris Coleman mentioned it in his press conference is. I'm going to have to, you know, probably take a quick look at kicker. I, I was thinking that was going to be in the wrap, but it sounds like a battle. This isn't on the outline, but you, where's your worry, if any worry at all uh, for the kicker position coming into this season? I mean,
1: <laughs> when you lose, um, you know, a guy like Ty Zentner, who was just absolute money at the end of last season, there's definitely some concern there. But at the same time, we've seen Chris Tennant kick um, before. He's got a big leg. And hopefully, you know, he he handles his demotion well and can come back and, and be a good kicker. Um, and, you know, it's probably not the best sign in the world that he's being pushed there. Um, but, hey, they call Kansas State special teams you for a reason. I think they'll get it figured out. Yes.
0: Yeah, so and now under the tutelage or at least the uh, watching eye of Chili Davis, uh, granted, he's an analyst. And uh, by the rules of the NCAA, he can only watch from afar and send notes. And not being on-the-field coach. Um, but let's go to this final one before we get into your Blitz Month predictions. Who's the guy that maybe you've heard whispers about that you think K-State fans maybe aren't talking enough about? Who might be one or two of those under-the-radar guys?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I do think, even though people know him, I think Keenan Garber can really help out at corner this season. He's maybe been overlooked a little bit because guys like Willie and Jacob Parrish has maybe been a little bit better, but I I really think he's going to make a difference this season. So I would keep an eye on him. Um, And then on the other side of the ball, I would say, shoot. um, Even though he's been around forever, maybe Seth Porter. um, I think he's, When we've gotten to see them practice, uh, he's always been one of the top four receivers, and I think they'll find a way to get him the ball more than they have in the past. He's typically been just a special teams guy. I think this year they actually do find him the ball, and he can score a few touchdowns, so I'll go there.
0: That's a good one. I believe he joined him and his dad, both captains, I think they joined only Stan and Stanton Weber as the only father-son captain duos at K-State. So someone with more time may want to look that up. Uh, but Mark Porter was a captain, now Seth Porter. Um, you and I, we we talked about uh, Will Howard. We talked about Jalen Daniels. On Sunday at Charlie Hustle, they are dropping their quarterback club NIL shirts. Now, I don't care about the one that's being featured out in Lawrence, but just in case there's any Big 12 fans who might like KU – That shirt's dropping, but I've personally seen the Will the Thrill shirt. It was part of our graphics for our giveaway that we announced our winner. We're going to announce the winner on Friday. So if you listen to this super early, maybe you can get your retweet in and still participate. But it is a super fun shirt. It is the perfect addition to the latest K-State drop that Charlie Hustle had. Now, everyone knows the K-State beef shirt sold out in less then six hours after it dropped on the website. So you might want to move quick to get your Will the Thrill NIL shirt on Sunday. After you get that, find one of their purple or white shirts for that stripe out on Saturday. You might need to do you know expedited shipping. You might need to be quick on that. But regardless... It was an amazing drop. I purchased, I know, I know it's 105 degrees. I purchased one of the crew next. I got my K-State beef shirt. Charlie Hustle's always making me look good for Saturdays at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. All right, prediction time. Let's get into it. We'll talk about Will here in a second. You know, we've been bringing up throughout the show so far, but outside of Will Howard, because I think everyone would probably pick him or maybe Cooper Beebe to be the offensive MVP. But if you had to go with someone else, is it Cooper Beebe? Is it a skill player who's actually going to get stats? Are you a friend of the K-State beef? Kellis, who are you <laughs> going on the record for? Oh,
1: um, I mean, yeah, Beebe probably, if you wanted to go that way, like who's the best overall player? Yeah, it would be him. But if you're looking for somebody else who put puts up stats and could win it from that angle, um, the obvious choice would be DJ Giddens because he's going to come out and probably be their starting running back here and score a lot of touchdowns. I'm going to go in another direction. I think you could make a strong argument for Ben Sinnott here. Um, we saw what he could do last season once Will Howard emerges as a starting quarterback. Caught, um, caught four touchdowns late in the season. Made some really athletic plays. It seems like every time Kansas State puts out a video of Will Howard during a touchdown in um, training camp right now, it's always a pass over the middle to a tight end. And who's Will Howard's best friend? It's Ben Sinnott, or It's Ben Sinnott. I think um, you do the math. I think he's going to throw the ball to him a lot this season. I think he's going to catch a lot of touchdowns this season. So if it's not, uh, you know, Will Howard will probably get uh, – if Ben catches as many touchdowns as I think he could, then it'll be hard to say Will's not the MVP. Yeah, I think he could do it.
0: All right, I'm going to ask something else that's not on the outline. You mentioned DJ Giddens. We had our live show the other night, and Boneheads were going back and forth. DJ Giddens and Trayshawn Ward were both popular picks for this one. If you had to, you know, throw 20 bucks on her, if you had to make some sort of guess, how do you think the touch breakout is going to be between DJ and Treshawn, Uh, you know, out of 100? You know, because th- there will be others, but just those two when it comes to uh, carries and receptions out of the backfield? Do you think it's going to be 60-40, DJ? Is it going to be more? Is it going to be closer to 50-50? If you had to muster a guess, what do you think it'll be? I'd go as far as like
1: 70-30. I think they're going to feature DJ a little bit more. And I say that not because Trayshawn's not good. I think he's going to get the ball. and be a really good player for Kansas State. But DJ just is that between-the-tackles runner who can do a lot of things that um, Deuce Vaughn couldn't last season. You saw it as uh, the year went on, like when they played West Virginia, when they played even TCU in the Big 12 Championship game, when they needed a key third or fourth down, they would bring D.J. Giddens in and just hand it, up, hand it to him up the middle. Um, so that shows how much trust they have in him, that they would turn to him those, in those situations with Deuce on the roster. I think you're going to see more of that this season. I think they're going to give them, him the rock as much as he can handle. So I, I think he'll be 1A to Treshawn Ward's 1B definitely.
0: All right. We, we've we've danced around it, but there's so much excitement for Will Howard, which is wild to me. And I'm pumped to see it because, quite frankly, I'm I'm one of those folks who, who kind of written off Will Howard after the 2021 season. Uh, now, K-State fans, one of the favorite offseason, uh, you know, Twitter traditions was going to bat, picking up the sword for Will Howard and any perceived disrespect for Will the Thrill so what sort of expect season are you expecting from him and is his ceiling maybe getting to New York city? Is it fair to say that's the ceiling? I mean, I think it's possible. I wouldn't call
1: you crazy. If, uh, if you said you think he's going to get there, um, I, the things I kind of want to see out of him are, you know, what, what's his next step as a quarterback? Um, can he do something that's been pretty rarely done at Kansas state and throw for 3000 yards the only other two guys who've done it are uh, Jake Waters and Josh Freeman and will be the third. Maybe uh, if he just stayed on his per-game average pace that he had last season and Kansas, Kansas State reaches the bowl, the numbers say that he'll barely get there. He'll, he'll top 3,000 yards by a slim margin, which would put him in some pretty elite company as a passer. Um, and I, I think he can do it. He's got an offensive coordinator who really likes him and who really likes to, to uh, play up-tempo and throw the ball – so I think that opportunity is out there. And if he does throw for 3,000 yards, I think he's at least going to be in the, you know, the conversation for awards like the Heisman. Um, and the other thing I like about him is unlike some Kansas State quarterbacks we've had in the past, he uh, is very durable. You don't have to worry about him getting injured. I sure hope I'm not cursing him here or anything. Yeah, but
0: Knock on wood and kind of ignore, you know, missing those few series versus TCU down in Fort Worth. But well, that's true. But he came right back. He was
1: only out for a very brief amount of time. Um, it just I, I noticed this even talking to him in the interview room yesterday. He just looks big. I mean, he, he's he literally is the biggest quarterback in the Big Twelve. At, uh, six foot five and two hundred forty-two pounds. He looks like a tight end, um, but still has the ability to throw and move like a quarterback. So I think it's a really good combination and. The last guy who was here who had those traits was Colin Klein, who's now is is his offensive coordinator. I think he can feel really comfortable calling plays that both he can do, that both Will can do. So, you know, they can always disappoint. Something can go wrong. But I
0: I wouldn't talk anyone down from saying he's going to have a great year. I love it. Let's go to the defensive side. No qualifiers on this one. Who's going to be the defensive MVP?
1: You know, I think it's going to be Austin Moore at linebacker. And I know some people maybe look past, don't give him as much love as Daniel Green or Kobe Savage or whatever. But I think he's going to lead the team in tackles. I think he's just going to be everywhere that they need him to be. Mr. Fundamental, the machine, that's my answer. I, I, I think his stats are going to be too good to give that award to anybody else.
0: We had a uh, bonehead last night try to coin the nickname the Lewisburg Lightning, which I like as well. So, <laughs> yeah, not, some, bad. not some, bad. Some good possible nicknames as the season goes on. Um, who, who are you going to have as your breakout uh, player on offense? Uh, so you can either go with a newcomer or someone who's been at K-State, who's yet to be a starter, who's really going to have a massive impact this season.
1: I mean, I would love to go, you know, like Sterling Lockett go that far down the depth chart and say he comes out and follows in the footsteps of his big brothers. Unfortunately, I think he's still probably a year or two away from that. Um, and there's just a lot of talent in front of him. So I kind of alluded this to this earlier, but I'm going to go Seth Porter. You know, I think this is of the year that you see him do more than just make tackles on special teams. I think he can be a really valuable slot receiver, a number three or four guy who um, and maybe does what Cade Warner did last season, you know, just a really, a really trustable guy, trustable guy who can get open catch passes when he's thrown the ball get a few touchdowns i think at the end of the year people are going to say wow i'm really glad he stuck around as a super senior
0: i love hearing that i I think uh i think our podcast has kind of taken up the mantle of being the biggest seth and shane porter fans uh absolute special teams aces and and you know i seth's been doing it for a while Uh, But Shane is super fun to watch, especially on kickoff coverage, because I think he has a little bit more of a hothead than his brother, because he likes to get in the face of guys when he makes a big tackle on special teams. So I'll be looking forward to uh, maybe Shane continuing that if Seth has to, you know, take the burden of being, you know, an offensive breakout player, maybe he's not on kickoff coverage. So if I have to sacrifice that for the the betterment of K-State fans everywhere, I'm willing to only, you know, zero in on one Porter brother on kickoff coverage. Um, let's go to defense. Maybe a few more candidates because uh, you have some younger guys who you're starting to hear some noise about. You have some more transfers possibly to go this direction. Who do you have as being that breakout player on defense?
1: I really like Marquis Siegel at safety. Um, everybody just has really good things to say about him. And even though he's a transfer, he comes in from the place you want to be coming in from. If you transfer to Kansas state, he used to play at North Dakota state knows Joe Clannerman, knows Chris Kleiman knows this system or at least something very similar to it and he's going to start at safety right off the bat I think he's going to help Kobe Savage and VJ Payne back there and I think he's going to make a big impact in that secondary so that's where I'm going with that one
0: all right let's go to true freshman if you had to pick one uh who who is going to make the biggest impact this season who would you be placing your chips on so this is true freshman, not uh, not red shirt freshman. Yes. Yes, okay. first years I should have just said true freshman the outline. That's my fault. If you want if if you have a red shirt freshman, you can give me that while you rack your mind for a true freshman. Um, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to banish you to the, you know, doghouse <laughs> and have everyone What do we do? What what do we have everyone tweet at you a few years back? Um, socks and sandals socks and sandals yes <laughs> came out of nowhere i was like why am
1: i getting all these things out of the blue so well played on your part well played on your part um and the, the funny thing is uh all these years later i've actually um taken a love to uh, slides sandals and sometimes you know what i'm lazy i i will keep my socks on when i put my slides on so it turned out to be somewhat true so you know you're predicting the future in that way um to go back to your original question, one guy I've heard a lot of uh, hype on who I think will come in and make some tackles this season is Asa Newsom, a linebacker. I think if uh, Kansas State needs some some help there, maybe early on, while well, if, if Daniel Green misses a game or something like that, um, he could be a guy who plays in four games or less
0: and makes a nice impact. Is there a redshirt freshman you want to give a little love to? Yeah. Um, if not uh, we can move I on. was
1: I was going to say I mean it's also really appealing to go with Avery Johnson um if if he gets a gets a shot in a game or two with his legs i could see him doing kind of what daniel sams did a few years ago and just you know putting him in the second half in the game and whoop there he goes touchdown All the difference is this time we won't have half the fan base screaming he should be starting
0: hey you know what ho- ho- i mean you never know you never know um <laughs> I'll I'll ask you this. If Colin Klein and Chris Kleinman rang your doorbell, came in with a six-pack of beer from Manhattan Brewing Company or a four-pack of beer from Manhattan Brewing Company and said, Callis, we need to talk. How would you handle Avery Johnson? We think he's one of the best athletes. We think we could craft up plays for him to make an impact most weeks. Should we do that, or should we only play him four games and keep that red shirt intact? Which way are you going if they're asking for your advice? Um, you know, I would
1: honestly say if they think he's that valuable and like, you could do some crazy stuff with like two quarterbacks in the field at the same time, or if you felt good enough about him catching the occasion, occasional pass, uh, I would go ahead and do it. Honestly, just play him. I'm not a big red shirt guy. Um, especially with somebody as good as Avery Johnson. I mean, if he comes out and as good as people think he is, I don't see him staying in school for five years anyway. Um, more often than not when you give a player an extra year with that red shirt they just use it to transfer somewhere else now I know Kansas State is one place where people tend to want to come back and be fifth year guys so I totally get that argument but I mean hey we talked for years it seemed like about we got to protect will Howard's um uh red shirt now that that's gone you know like is that does anybody care no not really um I I I would advise any coach who's on the fence about it to just
0: go ahead and play the dude. Um, that's just my opinion. Hey, well, that in this hypothetical, that's what they were asking for. Um, let's go to the pendulum game. My favorite uh, game or my favorite question to ask. I know you did your full uh, game by game predictions already. What was the one game where you looked at, you know, like, all right, if this goes K-State's way, this could be a special season. If they uh, drop it, Hey, it, it might disappoint a little.
1: Well, this isn't maybe the most exciting game on the schedule, but I I think that game at Missouri, even though I think they will win it, is pretty important because um, I I think the conference schedule is going to be hard enough this season that it's pretty unlikely that Kansas State could do what they did last year and take a loss, whether it be to Troy or Missouri, before conference play gets going, and then still post a good enough record to you know, have a special season. Um I, I think they need to start three, and oh. Um And I, I just for, for whatever reason, I don't see this team, if they take a, take a loss in one of those two games, I don't see them going on to contend for the big 12 championship game. Like they did last season, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it'll be very important for them to go and do what they did last season, put their foot down, beat Missouri, um, and get a lot of momentum going into big 12 play. I, I think that'll, not necessarily in the conference race. Obviously, that'll have no impact in the conference race. But from an overall wins and losses standpoint, I think that's going to be a big one.
0: All right. I am a Sports a sports Pass subscriber, so I know the answer to this one. I think I think I know the answer to the next two. But I'm going to ask it anyways. Where, where do you have K-State's record for this season?
1: Nine and three. That's what I'm going with. Same as last season. I went back and forth between eight and four and nine and three. Settled on nine – I mean, eight and four, nine and three. Settled on nine and three. Um, like I said, I think they win those first three conference games. And then from there, I think they go six and three in the Big
0: 12. Um, and, yeah, what, I mean, what what what's your prediction? 15 and 0? 11 and 1, although I'm I'm going to go game by game next Monday or Tuesday. 11 and 1. Woo! Yeah, well, first off, I'm a fan. I'm getting pumped <laughs> about it. Uh, but, you know, th- this is my thing. You know, if you look at projections – if you can avoid the uh, upset home uh, game, which Chris Kahneman has had uh, more years than he hasn't. Uh, so I, I read your piece. I understand why you went with UCF as a loss. Um, but if you can avoid that, there's only two games where you're projected as an underdog on preseason uh, you know, uh, projections. Texas Tech and Texas. And I'm just going to believe in the weird voodoo K-State has had over Texas Tech ever since Mike Leach left and uh, that they get that one done uh, and they go 11-1. and So sue me. I'm a fan. Uh, I'm not going to sue you. Um,
1: I mean, I could see it happening. Uh, just from my perspective, though, it's hard for me to do the math where they were nine and three last year. They lose Deuce. They lose Felix. They lose two really good players in their secondary all to the NFL it's hard for me to look at that and say, you know what, this team's going to be better. So that's kind of right. where I settled. But I mean,
0: that's there. fine. You know, you're wrong. I'm right. Uh, <laughs> shocker. I know. Uh, but who, who do you have playing in the well, big Well, 12? I mean, you
1: might as well just go 12 and 0 if you're going to go 11 and 1. No,
0: no, 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 no. I'm not going to go too crazy because by, by that whole like voodoo like stance uh Texas has had K-State's number ever since uh the We Own Texas era ended. So, you know, if I'm going to use that as reasoning why K-State's going to beat Texas Tech, I can't then turn around and say we're going to beat Texas. At least not uh in person. Although I he, here's my thing and, and people have heard me say this. I have Texas beating Alabama and losing to Houston uh in the same season. So, uh you know, I I'm I'm going to have Texas being an up and down and folks will have to listen no on Monday or Tuesday to hear who I have K-State playing in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, I think it'd be next to impossible for a 6-3 and three team to make it back to Arlington. I saw your five predictions. You do not have K-State in Arlington. So who do you have playing in the Big 12 championship? And if you say KU and Iowa State, you're never coming on the show again. So <laughs> I don't assume it's KU and Iowa State, but you can never be too sure k Dog is a trickster.
1: Uh, I'm actually going West Virginia-Cincinnati.
0: Lock it in. <laughs> you know what next year might be the year where we have to have like a a shadow council and, and and choose cincinnati or west virginia to win the big 12 and like you know there's the what was it the one oklahoma state vote you know how wild would people go if oh there were seven votes for cincinnati this year like you know that that would be maybe even funnier than the one vote for oklahoma state that would be um i think we need to work on that I would say my
1: actual pick. um, I'm really high on Texas Tech. I got my guns up. I think the Red Raiders make it. And then uh, it it's a tough call for me between Texas and Oklahoma. I think Texas is the much better team. But Oklahoma, the scheduling gods shine very brightly on the Sooners this season. I don't know how they got such an easy schedule as a team that's departing the league. Um, they could be mediocre at best and win 10 games this season. It's crazy how bad their schedule is. So I go back and forth between those two, but I do think Texas beats Oklahoma in um, their head-to-head game in Dallas. So I'll go Texas, Texas Tech, which would be interesting because that's the regular season finale between those teams. So if it happens, we'd see that game back-to-back.
0: Yeah. I, did that happen? Has that happened in the Big 12 era yet?
1: Shoot, I can't remember if it has. I
0: know Bedlam used to be at the end, and, and maybe it's happened like in the Pact. I feel like it's happened uh, somewhat recently in Power College football. But, uh, oh, well, uh, I will have no problem going full guns up uh, for back-to-back weeks if if that happens. Um, final I'll t- question. I'll say
1: that, well, oh, t- that the other team I think could be a sleeper here, and you'll probably laugh at me. Um, is that team they got the weird vote? Oklahoma State. I think they're going to be better than people think. I think their schedule stinks. I think they'll be at like eight, eight or nine wins. I, oh. I
0: can't really explain
1: why, but I think they'll be pretty good.
0: Oh, I don't, I don't think that's crazy. I, I have, I, you know, I gambling's legal in Kansas. I have an overs. Uh, the the bets I actually made, I have over on K State. I got it at six and a half and at seven and a half. I you have K-State over at six and a half. Yes. Yeah, uh who was it? Was it Barstool or Bet MGM had it six and a half uh minus 135 for like a week and a half? I don't oh know goodness, if they were hearing but... Kansas State instead of Iowa State with some gambling thing. I, I don't know what it was, but it was at six and a half, I think, on Bet MGM for like two weeks. So I have K-State at six and a half and seven and a half. I have Iowa State under five and a half. Uh, and that was before I, I had been tipped off about them, you know, having gambling uh, suspensions coming. So I have uh, Iowa State under five and a half. I have KU under six. I think they're going to go five and seven. Um, and then I have Oklahoma State over seven and a half and over eight. So I, I think that they're I think that they're poised for like a nine one season. Well, those were juice.
1: Well, you're fleecing uh, BetMGM if you got six and over six and a half at only minus one thirty. That is nuts. I, I
0: think that is what I'm. I'm going to have to go and find my uh, bet ticket. But yeah, it was like that for like two weeks. It was it, it, maybe it was Bart. It was one of those two had it at six and a half at minus one thirty-five. So I think I, 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 think that, I looked
1: that, yesterday on FanDuel and it was seven and a half minus like one seventy. So yeah, it, <laughs> you got the better numbers in both.
0: Yeah. It, I, I can't, man. And it, it, it was like on Twitter, like it was like a relatively well-known thing. And this was back in like early July, shortly after the number debuted, I think at seven, seven and a half. So um, yeah. The, so I, 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 I'm a believer in Oklahoma state. I I think, I think that's not that crazy. Um. All right. Let, let's get into the final questions. These haven't been tough for anyone. Um. There's been a, consensus on the second part of this question and near 100% consensus on the first part. But of the four new schools this year in the Big 12, who will make it to that first Saturday in December down in Arlington first? Give me a UCF.
1: They hate being called Central Florida. And the Golden Knights actually is, which is why
0: it, I call them Central Florida more. every chance I can get. Which it. uh,
1: is, yeah, it's crazy to me. Every time I've written Central Florida or Golden Knights, I hear from two or three people just out of the blue saying, "That's not right." We're the, the UCF Knights. Um, but yeah, they're my pick. Um, they're they're in an interesting spot in that they're in Florida, great recruiting base, and they have easier entrance um, qualifications than any other, you know, big school in Florida. It's easier to get in there than Florida state, Florida, Miami. Now that they're in a power conference, I think they could be uh, really good in the future and
0: they're my pick. for like non-athletes. Isn't it like low-key, super tough to get into Miami? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. All right. And then uh, again, th- this has been even, this has been the easiest question I've asked during Blitz month, but you know, we have four schools from the pack coming over next year. I assume you're going to keep the trend going and say Utah will be the first one to play in Arlington. Uh, Well, considering that they're coming off back to back pac 12
1: championships. Yes, that would be the pick. Um, But I will say, I will say um, Colorado with Dion. um, I could see them getting there at some point and who knows if it ever happens, but Arizona state is like the sleeping giants of all sleeping giants. If you've ever been to Phoenix, seen their seen the weather they have seen the uh, city they have there's no reason why they shouldn't be good at football it boggles my mind that they're so bad at athletics every time i go out there
0: so and like if you look at like any of the recruiting services you know there's usually 30 to 35 kids in the state of Arizona going to either power conferences or you know uh you know uh, high-ranking G5 so they they have uh, you know a, a pretty decent recruiting base as well so uh, we'll see what happens there. Final question. I didn't have it on here over under three and a half years for coach prime at Colorado. Ooh. I'll go
1: under either. he, Either. I bet he either flames out and gets the gets fired or does so good that he gets a promotion to someplace else. I don't think there's much
0: of a middle ground there. So under. All right, well, that's all we have. Kellis, tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter, and if you got anything cooking up over at the Kansas City Star, Wichita Eagle, and I assume you'll be on—I I think what's it called—the KC Sport, something with uh, with the Star, the, their podcast. I, I can't remember the name of it. They usually <laughs> have you on. Um, yes, though
1: um, we moved, we just moved Blair over to be our, our uh, one of our Chiefs writers. Um so Ooh. I don't know how much we're actually gonna be podcasting this season I might be available, mm. I might be available to help you out more than I uh, have been in the past if you ever need a uh you know maybe not a co-host but a uh a sidekick something like that um we'll throw my name out there um All right, if, you're well, just on, if you're just looking on Twitter yet yeah, it's my name at Calis Rabinette I've got some pretty good feature stories coming up on uh on uh, on our websites here before the season gets rolling. And then after that, it'll be coverage pretty much every
0: day. So yes, please click and uh, please keep
1: listening to Bosco
0: with boys. Well, I absolutely love it. Uh, We're going to do some changing for the Friday uh, or for the whip around show. It's going to publish on Fridays this year. And uh, I'm going to be bringing something called cat chats as part of the whip around where I'm going to have an interview with someone, talk to someone face to face or on zoom uh, besides just the primers. So we're going to get even more K-State in those whip-arounds. We're still going to have the opponent primer. We're going to have a uh, big 12 game of the week talk. We're going to have a little bit of K-State soccer and volleyball talk as well. But I might be having you as a mainstay, a, uh, a consistent rotating member of Cat Chats uh, for our Friday whip-around show. So, uh, yeah, you, you might have just signed yourself up for a handful more of appearances this fall. So, uh, Kellis, uh, be ready, you know, and I don't know if the folks are going to like it. Some of the boneheads don't like you for whatever reason. I don't know. You might have wrote something 30 years ago at this point that still makes people mad. Funny how of, people I- hold on to that stuff. <laughs> That's all right. Everybody's got, uh, <laughs> got fans. Everybody's got
1: haters. Um, but if they're boneheads, I like them. If they're boneheads, I like them, even well, if they don't like me.
0: Well, there you go. Uh, The next time you come on, I'm going to have you. This will be homework. Think of someone you want to put in the doghouse. So the next time you come on, we will pick someone and we will uh, hit hit, put them in the boat or in the doghouse for something. Uh, So just keep that in the back of your mind. The next time you come on. All right, we'll do. All right. Well, this was the last week of the off season. Next week, we are talking SEMA. We're going to, Have a game preview. The live show is going to be all about keys to V's and picks to click. And we're going to have our first Friday whip around of the season. So uh, stay tuned. Check out charliehustle.com this weekend. Remember, Sunday, that's when the quarterback club NIL shirts go on sale will the thrill check out manhattan brewing company this weekend and anytime you're in manhattan and remember be polite but be firm and stern and tell your local liquor store to carry manhattan brewing company if they don't so for callous robinette for my dog chauncey the best dog in the world we love you guys and go cats
1: it's time to get set for the cat attack
0: You can feel it coming on, for Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action, this is where you want to be, with Kansas State, come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cats.